Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And just to make sure uh, we all know who Patsy is. Patsy's my sister-in-law. She married to my brother, Tony, who has spoken here not, not so long ago, a few months ago. And uh, we're so excited to have them with us. Uh, Tony and Patsy are missionaries. So they pioneered a Bible school in Sicily. And then they stayed there for a while, and then they pioneered a Bible school in Rome. Then they stayed there a while, and then they pioneered a Bible school in Verona, which is up north in Italy. Then God sent them to Singapore, and they pioneered a Bible school in Singapore. Then they, God sent them after they had that going and established, turned it over to uh, Australia. And they're in Australia now with the Bible school. And they just have an incredible ministry. And we're so excited that Patsy's here with us. She's an incredible teacher. You'll see that if you haven't already heard her. And just in case you, you, you didn't hear this, she's teaching out of her new book called Engendered. And uh, I read this book in January. It's an amazing book. She won't be able to get to everything in the book. But she, last night she taught one lesson. It's a different lesson right now. This morning she'll teach a different lesson in the 1045. So it will all be available online. You can listen to the ones you missed. After you hear today's, you're gonna to wanna to listen to last night's and, and the one coming up. So we are so excited she's here. Uh, as with everything I teach, I wanna encourage all of us. Uh, one of our core values here is no perfect people allowed. So as we hear this subject, I, I want us to filter it through that incredible core value. I also uh, wanna say to some of you, you're gonna hear some things maybe for the first time, and I'm so excited you're going to hear them. I love whenever I hear something for the first time out of the Bible. It's an exciting moment in your life, and I, I'm, I'm excited that all of us are going to take a next step and grow a little further in the things of God. So can we welcome TCI Borman Warren? Can we welcome Patsy as she comes forward to teach? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's nice to worship with you, really good to worship with you. We love being in, um, in Ohio. Uh, tomorrow we go back to um, tropical weather in Brisbane. Anyone want to come? Hey. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, we were really needing to cool off, and we have. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, um, even before I got to marry Joe's brother, Tony, uh, I came to know this family and this church and uh, have a deep affection for this church family and a great respect for your pastors. I would love them if they weren't family, even. And so it's just nice that it's even double on top of that and just it's just nice to be here. So been good to worship. Actually, uh, those last two songs were, were really heartfelt prayers. I felt that they were the appropriate prayers for what we're going to look into in the scripture today and asking God to show us him and, uh, and show us his glory and to change us. Anybody okay to be changed? Amen. What I know about God is that he cannot change because he is perfect. Right. If you're perfect, you don't have to change. And if you did change and you were perfect, then you wouldn't be perfect anymore. Right. He can't change. But the fact that he cannot can guarantee we can change. There is hope for any of us. Hallelujah. And uh, it's not in our, it's not in our uh, strong willpower. But as we're going to see today, there is power in Jesus Christ 
to bring real, real change. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how old we are, how, how funky we are, God has an answer for all of us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tack on to their songs that were prayers today. And let's just pray before we open up the word. Father God, when we look at you, we look at perfection. But we don't just look at perfection that condemns us. We actually look at truth that makes us free. As we look into the word of God today, we see truth about you, but we also see truth about ourselves. Help us to just surrender and receive the truth in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for the light that's in your word, that the entrance of your word does give light. And when it does, it helps us to see things we don't even know we're looking for. Thank you, Father God, for your presence here. We also thank you for everyone else that is here together with us and in all the places that are joining us. Thank you, Father God, for your kindness to us and your mercy to us. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, we're starting at the very beginning, and that would be Genesis. Anybody uh, ever start reading the Bible in January? Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe uh, some people fall off around in February <laughs> or March. Actually, it's an amazing book. It's a big one. But every time we read it, uh, there gets to be layers and layers of truth that you think, ah, I never saw that before. And so there's something in the word today that uh, God will help us to see. In Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, not last year, not some other time, in the beginning, in the beginning of everything, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the word create, as we can see from the dictionary, actually I just looked in the dictionary, says this, to cause to come into being as something unique that would not naturally evolve or that is not made by ordinary process. In other words, the Bible teaches that God actually created the heavens and the earth. There are other theories of how the world came to be, how nature came to be, and, and all that. But what the Bible teaches actually is that God is the creator, and he made things that we can see from things that don't appear. In other words, he made the world with his words. So, the word create, and again, this is a dictionary definition, means this, a creator is a person or a thing that creates, or the originator. So the stars, the, the ocean, the mountains, everything, and then the animals, the sea, the marine life, plant life, everything was created by him. And the Bible is very, very clear all the way through the Bible about the creating ability and the fact that God did create everything in heaven and in earth. So 
uh, I'd like us to see in Romans, the first chapter, something about creation. In Romans, the first chapter, we're going to look in verse 20 in the Passion Translation. It says this, opposition to the truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Why is that? Because some people are ignorant about God. Well, listen, this is so interesting because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities, and just to help us grab that, that particular uh, truth right now, can we just say these two words, invisible qualities? Okay, in, so God has invisible qualities uh, of God's nature that have been made visible, such as his, his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then this leaves everyone without excuse. So in other words, the Bible even uses this. It talks about the faithfulness of God reaching to the sky and the righteousness of God like mountains. And the ocean is a, is a great example. We can see the ocean. We live right by the ocean. But we see the ocean and how absolutely incessible the, the waves are. I mean, they're just there all the time. And so we see something about the love of God, that it is just always there, unconditional, always happening. You can't stop it any more than you can stop the waves of the sea. So we see these wonderful attributes of God illustrated in creation. And, and we can understand the invisible, beautiful qualities of God by things that we can see, all right? Now, uh, there are characteristics of the Trinity. In fact, one of the translations of the verse of scripture that we just got through reading actually says that we understand the invisible qualities or characteristics of God and his Trinity or his Godhead. We believe that God is Father and he's also Son and he's also the Holy Spirit. God are these, is, is this beautiful combination of three distinct personalities sharing and intermingling different characteristics. Let me give you an example. Over the last 17 years, I had students in a, in a class that I got to teach identify characteristics of God the Father, God the Son, and God the, uh, the Holy Spirit that they personally interacted with. Not something they just heard in a sermon, but something that they have experienced in God uh, during the time of their walk with God, since they've come to know the Lord. Let me show you about the Father. You go ahead and put, look at these characteristics of the Father. He is ever present. So somebody put that down because they experienced that God never leaves. Anybody in here testify the same thing? Maybe somebody else left. Maybe you've experienced different things of transition in your life, but one thing that was the same is God never leaves. He's always the same. He's good, he's gracious, generous, giving, forgiving, honest, impartial, just and fair, kind, long-suffering, 
Okay, I know about that one. Loving, merciful, patient. He's a provider and a protector. Characteristics that people uh, in over these 17 years uh, compiled versus or different characteristics that they've experienced about the son. Let's look at those. So the son is committed. Jesus the son communicates. He's compassionate. He's conquering. I like that. He's a wonderful combination of strong, but he's also compassionate, yes. consistent, and faithful, forgiving, gentle, humble. He's all those wonderful things, and yet he's still humble. I don't know if, if, if maybe if we were all of those things, we'd be pretty proud about it. But he's also humble. He's joyful, loving, peaceful, selfless, serving, and true. And then there was another uh, list that was drawn up for the Holy Spirit. And something, I've condensed these lists of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've just chosen out some words because actually the lists were quite extensive. But let's look at the Holy Spirit's characteristics of, of what people have experienced in him during their walk with the Lord. He's an advocate. In other words, he's on your side. He's a defense attorney. He's comforting. He's a convincer. He is a communicator. He's a counselor. He's dependable. Encourager. He's a guide. He's a helper. Honest. He is an instructor. He's supportive. A teacher. And truthful. Beautiful characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Did you find anything in, the, in these lists of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that you have personally experienced in God? I'm sure we have, and you could have probably added some characteristics as well. But today, we're going to hone in on the fact that as God is invisible, you can't see these, he, these characteristics that have just been named were not visible. And so, while he has in nature and in creation uh, examples and illustration of these qualities, actually on the sixth day of creation, the last part of the sixth day, we're going to see that God made, uniquely made, the crown of all his creation and that is man and woman, humans. Let's start reading in Genesis, the first chapter in verse 26. God said, let us make man or human beings. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And the reason I'm emphasizing those words are they're very huge words carrying a lot of weight and significance. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle of the field, or of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Four times. Now, God didn't forget that he had said, he's making man in his own image, in his own likeness, and then it says again in his image, and then again it says in his image. When God repeats something, it's not because he forgot he said it before. The reason he repeats something is because it's like a hammer on a nail. It drives the truth in. In other words, what we can see is God didn't use anything that he had already made as a pattern to make male and female. He didn't use an animal, he didn't use a plant, he didn't use a fish, he didn't use something stellar. He used himself as the pattern for man and woman. That is amazing. So, this word image in the Hebrew has quite a few different words that um, become the definition of this word. But there are two that I want to make mention of. One is representative. So, so what, when God made male and female, he made them to represent him. They're visible, he's invisible. But if you can see them, they represent him. So, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see God, but you would know what God looks like because you can see male and female. That is God's intention in the beginning, all right? The other word that image and, and likeness bear, they have this meaning, is the word mirror. So, a mirror serves for you to show you what you look like. It reflects your image. The only thing is that God is invisible. But what God made man and woman to do is to reflect these beautiful qualities that we listed of male, uh, I mean of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God uniquely, intentionally, purposefully made male and female to mirror him. Amazing. Man and woman are not God in the same way your mirror is not you. But your mirror shows who you look like. In the same way, male and female were created not only in the image of God, but for the purpose of imaging him. Now, yesterday or last night, we looked at the fact that those character qualities of the Father and the Son were actually specifically and uniquely to be mirrored in a father and in a husband, in a man. So a person could look at a, at a father and know what the Father God looks like, all those wonderful characteristics of good, protector, provider, ever-present, forgiving, merciful. They could look at that and even though those qualities are invisible, they become visible and tangible. You could look at a father and say, that's what kind looks like. Oh, that's what merciful looks like. And the father is, is mirrored in fatherhood, but in, the, in a husband is mirrored 
the qualities and the characteristics of Jesus the Son. Beautiful things, so people could look at that. Well, so we looked at husbands and fathers, men in general, last night. We, um, we also saw this, that male and female uh, was originated by God. Hollywood didn't come up with male and female. No social group came up with male and female. No cultural trend came up with male and female. The creator created male and female because it was a combination of those two that could appropriately image all these amazing characteristics. Male, the male gender, uh, uh, magnifies and highlights some characteristics of the father. He, he created male to do that. Female highlights and, and augments other characteristics of the father. All of us, when we're born again, can image all the wonderful characteristics of God. They're not ex just exclusive to male and female because God is not a gender. God is neither male or female. But he created male and female to represent him appropriately. All right? Today, uh, we are going to tackle women. So last night we talked about men. We're going to talk about women. God told male and female, the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, the very first commandment that he gave to them was not to don't eat of the fruit of the, the fruit of the knowledge of or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The first thing God told them was to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, have a family. And um, but before they did, they actually sinned. And Romans, the third chapter in verse 23 says that when they did, they fell from the glory of God and that mirror that they were broke. I don't know if you've ever seen a broken mirror, but we got an example here. What can you do with a broken mirror? It just does not function correctly. Even though we can see that this person is a girl, she's got two eyes in the, and imagine that she does, the mirror shows that she's got three. It's funky, it's not right. We as male and female in our imaging the father fractured. So the qualities, the characteristics that were to be visibly seen in male and female fractured. We looked at what happened in male, in the negative stereotypes of male, but today we're gonna look at more what happened in female. There's, there is not one human that lives that escaped, uh, that escaped fracture. All of us did. For everyone has sinned. And sometimes the fractures, that, that they actually splinter down into generations so that somebody says, you have your grandfather's temper. Or you have your mother's this or that or the other. They're saying, you're acting like your dad and it's not a compliment. <laughs> or would you stop acting like your mother? And it's not a nice thing to say. You know what I'm talking about. So, 
let's look at uh, let's look at some of the extreme fractures because not only is everyone fractured, but uh, this fracturing and this falling out has actually damaged people even even to a place where there are gaps in them. As you can see from this picture, there's people that are severely damaged, severely fractured. In other words, if you were to look at that as a mirror of God, you might have a wrong impression of God. Huh? And the world does have a funky Opinion of God. Why? Because God's representatives, the ones that were created to represent God, have some serious fractures. So, we looked at the negative female characteristics or male characteristics last night that the same students that compiled the list of the beautiful characteristics of God I encourage them to uh, write a list of negative, stereotypical characteristics of male. At first they didn't want to because they were trying to be good Christian and not say anything bad. I said, no, 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 go for it. Whatever, whatever you've thought of, you know, or whatever you've heard to be negative, stereotypical characteristics of male, write it. And then do another one for female. We actually had fun. We laughed at all the horrible things of male and female. So last night we looked at the male. Now we're going to look at female. Ladies, are you ready? We know the guys are. <laughs> so here we go. Let's look at these characteristics that are not just typical of women in the Western world. This actually, I started compiling these lists in Asia. And then in, in, in Australia, and they were made from people all over. So it is not by culture or, or country. It is by gender. All right? Broken woman. Broken female. Bossy. Anyone know one of those? Ooh, don't, don't look. Don't cut. Even cut your eyes to the left or to the right. <laughs> Bossy. Catty, clingy, conniving, controlling, depressed, emotional, fault-finding, gossipy, hysterical, judgmental, nagging, manipulative, materialistic, mean, scheming, self-conscious, stubborn, talkative, unstable, vain, and vindictive. Okay, we let the guys have it last night, but today, it's a new day. This is horrible. But these are the stereotypical negative characteristics of women around the world. Think about it. Walt Disney capitalized, made billions on this kind of a person. A woman like this is in most of his, uh, in most of his stories. Wicked women, manipulative and cunning and crafty. Yeah, by looking at that, go ahead and put that back up. By looking at that list, could you ever even guess what the Holy Spirit is supposed to look like? In fact, you may come up with the wrong idea of what the Holy Spirit is like. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's an influencer. He is a guide. 
but he doesn't manipulate and he doesn't control. Do you see that the devil in a great scheme and effort to, to deface the image of God in the world, he was successful in fracturing male and female. So, there actually is no hope of getting away from this. Do you know, I am a very easygoing person, quite phlegmatic, really quite phlegmatic, disgustingly even so sometimes, you know. There is not one, there is not a nagging bone in my body. There was not until I got married. <laughs> and suddenly, this new ability emerged in me. I thought, ooh, where'd that come from? And my precious husband thought, ooh, where did that come from? I never did it before. But I found that skill, didn't I? There is no human way to fix a broken mirror. The only thing you can do with a broken mirror is throw it away. Just throw it away. Because you can't patch it, you can't, you can't repair it, you can't glue it, you can't tape it in such a way that it is no longer disfiguring. So what did God do with a broken human race made up of fractured male and fractured female? Aren't you glad he didn't throw us away? Amen. He did not throw us away. Do you know what he did? He gave us a new Adam. The first Adam and Eve broke, and then we and and then we came from a broken male and female. We came from that first male and female that were shattered and broken. Don't you want to look them up sometime and say, you know what, guys? I don't know that we ever can, and it won't matter when we do ever do see them. But you know, there was no way that we could fix ourselves. You can't fix somebody else. Have you ever tried to fix somebody else? How you going with that? You cannot fix somebody else's fractures. You can't even fix your own. Jesus started this all over again with a new Adam. And so when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born, what? Again. When he was saying, you must be born again, he meant it. Because you get a brand new start of a brand new heart. Now, if you look at Colossians, or 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter and verse 45, this verse of scripture. Says this, the scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. And then from us, he and Eve then the human race then came and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. So everyone in here has been born the first time. And our first birth came with its fractures from the first Adam. But when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you're born again from the last Adam's race. That's Jesus' race. And 
He is without fracture. What do you mean by that? He never did anything wrong. He never sinned. There is no fracture with him. In fact, one of his disciples said one time to him, it was Philip, he said, Jesus, show us the Father. Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus said to Philip, have I been with you so long and you still don't get it? If you see me, you've seen the Father. In other words, Jesus didn't look different than his Father. Sometimes people say to their kids, don't do what I do, do what I say. Actually, Jesus said this, you can do what I do, you can do what I say. Because everything, everything that you see in me is him being reflected. Isn't he perfect? But his perfection is not a, just an example or a condemnation or a scolding to you to show you where you're wrong and he's right. He actually lived as the, as the last Adam to empower us. And through the new birth, he comes on the inside. And we're going to look at another verse about that in just a little bit. But Colossians, the first chapter in verse 15, if you'll look at this verse of scripture with me, Colossians 1 and 15 says, he is the exact image. There's that word image, the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the prominent one, the sovereign and the originator of all creation. Perfect. So all of those qualities that we listed of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus didn't just say those words. He was those words. Amen. His life defined merciful and kind and giving and forgiving and good and protector. All of those wonderful words, instructor, Beautiful. Now, but be in the new birth, then Jesus is not only who he is as a reflection of the Father, but when we become born again and make him the Lord of our life, he becomes our definition. He's our new identity. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man is in Christ, he is a, he's a new creation, new creation, a brand new mirror on the inside. Old things passed away and everything became new. All right. So we actually can end up knowing our true identity, not by looking backward at, at our generations. There's some things we can know about our, our first birth. And it's quite interesting. You can know about different things of your first birth and your genetics and all. But you know that, that diseases can come down genetically. You know that personality traits, both good and bad, can come down through the line. But now that you're born again, we are a new creature in Christ. And we don't 
have to claim as our identity the old you. Aren't you thankful? You can claim the new you. And the new you is definitely new and improved. Praise God. Ecclesiastes 12 in verse 1 says, Remember your creator in the day of your youth. A lot of times people, in the, when they're young and growing up, they're learning about themselves. They're learning about their personality. They're learning about the color of their eyes. They're learning about, uh, about their skills, their talents, their abilities, learning about their gender, learning about, uh, about different things about their family. This verse of scripture says, while you're learning about you, don't forget your creator. That we realize that our identity does not have to mirror just our natural family. Our identity does not have to mirror the fractures that came down through Adam. Our identity in Christ is to mirror the perfect, the perfect mirror, hallelujah, is to mirror him. Whoever you look at is going to be what you look like. So if you stare at your fractures, a man stares at his fracture, a woman stares at her fractures, they're going to become more defined and more pronounced. But if we look at him, I love this verse of scripture in 2 Corinthians 3, 18. It says, but we all with unveiled face, no shame. Some people try to get better before they come to God. They try to get better before they, you know, that they, uh, they do anything for God. No. We just come to God as we are. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a what? as in a mirror. What do we behold? The fractures? No. It says we behold the glory of God. I was thinking in that song that we were singing, show me your glory. We know he's glorious and we think, but I'm so pathetic. This verse of scripture says we're to look into the mirror to see ourselves. And we see the glory of the Lord. It may not be in your personality yet. Maybe there's still some funky things about your personality, about the way you act or react. But as you behold as in, the as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, look what happens. You're being transformed. Looking in the truth of the word of God, what God says about you what your creator said about you. What Jesus says about you could be different than what society says, can even be different than what your feelings say. It's different than what your past says. Let God, our creator, say who we are. If he says we're something, we are something. We're not forsaken. We're not destroyed. 
He's given us a brand new life. So put that back up again. We're looking at in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. We're transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. You can't change yourself. We sang it this morning. It's not by our might. It's not by our power. It is by the Holy Spirit. Amen. The change starts not in your actions. The change starts not in your personality. The change starts in your spirit. This morning and in your heart. This morning, if you want a new heart, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. You can pray that with me. Close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for every single person here this morning. Thank you that you care about everyone. You know them well. Father, if there's someone here this morning and as they heard that they can have a new heart, a new life, they thought, yeah, I want that. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that today will be the day. Today will be the day when they say, God, Creator, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Be what defines me. Come into my heart. I ask you, I ask you to give me a new start, a new heart. I believe Jesus came to take all my fractures. I believe that he came to be punished for all of my fractures. And in turn, give me a new heart, unfractured. I receive that from you now in Jesus' precious and holy name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you've prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, I'd like you just to slip up your hand. Well, I'm not going to have you come up to the front, but you can raise your hand and say, that's me. I've prayed that prayer. Any, any place you're sitting this morning, that prayer is from you. Yes, thank you. Praise the Lord. Now, everybody put your hand on your heart. Dear Father, I thank you for the work that you've done to change our heart. I ask you that what you began, you will complete. As we keep our eyes, I ask you to help us to fix our eyes on the one who is perfect and on his transforming ability and in, on his defining, redefining ability to change us to look like you as male, as female, whole and glorious in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc 
or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.